Kolaris looking downfield, now pressure in his face, spins off it, but he's going to flip it forward, interception, and it's going to go for a touchdown. Kolaris is trying to make a play, but he flipped it right to Luchez Purifoy, and it is 21-0 Elks. And Kolaris is down. Back to your point on the just a second ago, Derek, about the Elks covering. Drew Brown's got to get into a motion, uh, rhythm here. He's got to get Kenny Lawler more involved. Got to got to find some people downfield. He's had decent numbers. Brown wants the end zone. He's going to throw it up for Lawler. Did he one-hand that in the back? Oh, my goodness. Kenny Lawler quarter. The defender is all over him, eating up his right arm. Lawler just sticks out his left hand and makes an unbelievable catch. And the Bombers have a one-point lead. As the Winnipeg Blue Bombers come from 22 down to win a game on the road, 38-29 behind quarterback Drew Brown. Winnipeg Blue Bomber football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. Here is 680 CJOB's Derek Taylor. Wow, there was a lot of yelling in that recap. Oh my gosh, amazing. Bombers back in action after the second greatest comeback in Bombers history last week in Edmonton. They're back in Alberta taking on the Calgary Stampeders. As the Bombers look to move to 8-2 and two as they begin the second half of the season. Appreciate you being with us in the Certainty Broadcast booth. Professional-grade building materials, pro all the way. Derek Taylor, Doug Brown, Ed Tate. Gosh, we'll hear from uh, Marissa Turton later. Ted Wyman will join us. Dave McIver will tell us all about the Calgary Stampeders. Skylar Peters checks in with the film room. Brady Oliveira is going to talk about what it's like to be 26 years old again. Remember those days, Doug Brown? Not in the slightest. <laughs> yeah, it's miles away. It, it's been a, it's been a time. Uh, Brady is a different 26 year old than I was, and I'm I'm quite envious of what he has done with his life to this point. We will, of course, hear from Drew Brown, who was the story of the Canadian Football League last week. We'll talk about what he can do for a follow up. And we'd love to have you contribute as well. The text line is always open at 204-780-6868. You can reach out as well at DT on OB. The weather in Calgary is Alberta weather. Yesterday, scorching hot. 34 degrees and smoky, and you just standing there, you start sweating. Today, 9 degrees and rainy because, Doug, weather. I don't know. This is this is a 25-degree swing. That's a, that's, outstanding. that's a Winnipeg fashion. You see those kind of uh, temperature variations. So that is, yeah, it was uh, caught me by surprise when I got here. I got here today and... Uh, <coughs> Got caught in a rainstorm wearing a t-shirt a little bit. A little bit of a wet t-shirt contest for me. Nobody <laughs> needed to see that. But uh, uh, unpleasantly frigid here. Nothing that at the moment looks like it should affect the game. We'll see how it develops as we go along. We'll, of course, keep you apprised of everything going on in advance of the Bombers and Stampeders. The big story, of course, into this game is Drew Brown gets his second career CFL start. The first one where he's with the, the first team, his previous one last year in BC was, hey, the Bombers have their playoff spot settled. Let's give the guys a chance to rest. Uh, the Bombers losing that one. His performance last week, Doug, in relief was, I, I kind of don't even know how to describe, 300 yards, four touchdowns, and leading the Bombers back from 22 points down. Yeah, and it's uh, you know it only gets harder from there. So it was certainly unexpected. I, I think people 
had a favorable opinion of of Drew Brown and what he could do, but I don't think anyone saw that coming to that degree in circumstances uh, as such down by that magnitude of points. And, uh, you know, with your... So many people are referring to this game as his first real start, right? And uh, it's going to be interesting because, you know, this is also going to be the first real time where a defense sat down and watched film of him and said, okay, uh, what does this guy hesitate with? What has he not seen? You know, it's interesting. When he gets inserted to a game that Zach Claris was starting and that the defense is uh, prepared for, then he got Zach largely Zach Claris defenses. And uh, by that, I mean, you know, yeah, you can make different play calls and different calls, but there wasn't anything the defense was doing that was specifically for Drew Brown. It was all for Claris. You, you, you can, you know, dial up some blitzes you've done before, so on and so forth, but they didn't have a strategy for attacking him. And now they've had, you know, it's only one game that they have to watch, but now they can sit down and review and say, okay, how can we make this guy's life as miserable as possible, right? And, and you know, it's going to be real interesting. It's going to be a very different game from that respect, right? And uh, uh, Zach Claris, when a defense plays him, you have to respect certain things. And guys making their first starts, regardless of how you've played in relief, you don't get a lot of respect. You have to earn that respect by, you know, if they sell out and, and send, uh, you know, uh, unblocked rushers on you, you got to make them pay down the field. Um, if they're going to, you know, load the box to take away the run game and, and see if you can win this game with your arm and not make any mistakes. You know, these are all things you have to prove through the course of a game before defenses settle on, on what they're convinced you can do and, and what they're worried about, right? Yep. So it's a proving ground is what it is today. For, for Drew Brown in, in, in the sense that uh, Calgary's going to give him a little taste of everything. They want to force him into some bad decision-making and, and uh, live off some turnovers, I'm sure. So it's going to be really interesting to see how we can follow up that performance. Agreed uh, on the, how interesting this game is going to be. Drew is the starter. Dakota Prukop is the number two. Zach Kalaris is listed as the third quarterback. He's here. We saw him on the field in... Uh, rain gear appropriately enough and, and throwing some footballs ed tate uh mike o'shea said there is no chance that zach plays no from what i understand his equipment is here but they have not put it in his locker just so he doesn't have the temptation to dress so um no i think this is the wise move you know if this was a playoff game zach claris is probably running out of the tunnel leading the team right but but uh given where we are in the season and you know maybe looking at his uh, injury history they're just being safe here and it you know it's uh, i think the other part of it is just to kind of jump in where you guys uh, where i stepped in here i think a lot of this is based on the fact that drew brown played so well last week too they, they you know they have a lot of comfort in in uh, rolling him out as the starter tonight so that you know you can you don't have you can take your your hand away from the panic button when zach caleros replacement plays so well like he did last week yeah the the betting market responded to the announcement that Drew Brown was going to play, moving two points in the in Stampeder's favor. So the Bombers are a four and a half point favorite, a four point favorite into this game. So the market thinks they're they're a little less with Drew Brown, but there was nothing in his performance last week that suggested they were any less as crazy as that sounds going from the MOP to the MOP's backup. We caught up with Drew Brown and we asked him how this week feels different having been running with the first team at practice all week long. I don't think there should be. I think, uh, if anything, it feels a little bit better because you're not, you know, that anxiety that you feel or whatever you want to call it, that feeling in your stomach goes away as soon as you run on the field. 
Whereas when you're, you don't know or you're probably not going to play, that stays with you the whole game because you just you don't want anything to happen to the guy, you know. So it's, it's kind of one of those things. It's, you, you don't treat it any differently, but in my opinion, it's a little bit easier on the, on the stomach. <laughs> From an anxiety perspective, a little bit easier to be the starting quarterback was uh, and an interesting take from a guy who I kind of joked. It seemed like Drew had just kind of gotten out of bed because he's very calm and every nothing is a nothing is a big deal when he talks. It's interesting. It is interesting. And if we rewind to last week in Edmonton after the game, he sounded like he just woke up too because uh, he is just that's just his nature. He he seems to be that was he's a California got, guy. They're laid back. Is that what it know? is? Okay, it's yeah. It's a West Coast okay, thing. Dude, well, he's yeah. got to get the dude and bro in there at the end of every sentence, like Drew Wolitarski does then to con- convince me he's from California. Like he was like almost like a cyborg yesterday, right? Just to the, his answers were so monotone, and that's who he is. Though, if you were looking all this week to see a different level in his excitement knowing he was going to start or maybe nerves or whatever. There was no sign of that. The exact same Drew we've seen every time I've ever put my microphone in his face. It's been the same. Yeah. Um, he's He does talk a, a lot very openly about his comfort level, even from last year's start in BC when, you know, the, the Bombers rested some people to now and the growth he's had in that. Um, but he, he, by and large, is kind of that monotone all the way. A lot of young players personify the mentality that you want them to be for their position. So you want a quarterback to be even keeled mm. and measured. Right. And so they're the entire week, they know they're going up to, the, okay, this is who I have to be on the field. And they literally become that in terms of their personality and their interactions oh, with everyone. That's a good point. Yep. Is, hey, I'm a, I'm a leader now. I'm running this offense. I can't be a roller coaster ride. I can't be super animated and, and then flat. I'm just Mr. I'm, I'm a robot out here. It's just, it's production, it's precision, it's execution. And uh, I won't be, you know, caught into the, the, the super highs and the pitfalls of, of, of the position. His, his play last week made me, further solidified to me, that that's exactly who he is. Uh, here he is. Oh, Edmonton's bringing a blitz. Okay, I'm going to run out to my left. I'm going to start running. Par- I'm getting close to the line of scrimmage. I'm just going to go parallel because I'm going to keep looking downfield because I, he's very... We're like the Ottawa game. I'll never get over the Ottawa game last year where Kolaris gets pulled by the concussion spotter and drew has to go in on the game winning drive. And on second down, Ottawa brings the house and he just jumps in the air and throws over top of it. And I thought that that guy is relaxed. If you're throwing jump passes in a critical situation, you are very relaxed and you're, you're probably the right job. You know what I, what I think uh, has always surprised me about drew Brown is He's not indecisive. He's not afraid to pull nope. the trigger, mm. right? Like that's one thing you get with, with young. They don't want to make a mistake. They're worried. He will let it go. He will let it fly. And granted, if I had these receivers, I'd let it go too. I, I wouldn't give a damn. I, I'd say, hey, more often than not, these guys are going to uh, get my back. But uh, that is what is uh, uncanny about him. And I think advanced beyond his years is his decisiveness and his willingness to uh, to let it let it rip, no matter you know where they are. Well, and you know, even in the game last week, compared to that BC start where he had the two pick sixes, you know, there were a couple balls, Derek, when we we're watching the game, and we think, ah, oh, he probably wants that one back. But they weren't 
mistakes decision-wise. They were the ball went where it was supposed to go, but it was just an an errant throw or a one hop or whatever the case may be. But the decision making was right. Uh, and then one of the things that the players all said this week, back to the demeanor thing that Doug talked about. You asked, I asked them a bunch of guys this week. What was he like when he, he first came into the huddle in Edmonton? Because you guys know, and you've lived that you've seen a quarterback go into the huddle and call the wrong play, or the call a play that the rest of the receivers saying, "That's not even our playbook. What is this? It's happened. I've heard it happen before." And he comes in there and he basically says, "Let's ride. Let's go." And calls the play, and they go out and get it done. And that's the California cool, maybe, that you're alluding to, Doug. Yeah, a lot of it's body language and, and yeah. just uh, the posturing. I mean, I've seen guys come in on defense. Someone goes down, and you watch the way they just come onto the field. And I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> just roll your eyes. Like, this guy doesn't want doesn't want to be here. He's already overwhelmed. We haven't even snapped the ball yet. And uh, you just don't get that from him, right? This is uh, he's got he's got the poise, yep. right? Yeah. He, and he has that that savvy, and he's not intimidated, and he's not overwhelmed by the moment. And that that goes back to that personification of being Joe Cool, right? Uh, that's how you want your quarterbacks to be. Kenny Lawler's touchdown catch last week, unbelievable. Drew Brown's throw on the move to his right. Just as just as good. Right. So and the Dem- just like Zach. The, the Dem- exactly. Yes, just like Zach. The Dembski throw too. Yeah. For the touchdown, another over-the-shoulder catch that uh, uh, was really impressive. That ball was uh, placed perfectly too. You look, we can't say and gush enough about him, right? Because it was that an amazing, that amazing a performance. You know, 300 yards, four touchdowns off the bench. Uh, and people say it was only Edmonton. Well, based on what we saw last night, Edmonton's coming on a little bit, right? They looked okay last night against Hamilton. So. Um, a different full, challenge full, tonight, though. Full, oh yeah, absolute quality of the opponent, absolutely. and for the reasons the reasons yes. Doug mentioned off the top of. Yep. Now, now they know it's you, and and they have a chance to, no to plan for you. Uh, interesting. This week there were zero discipline announcements from the CFL. I went searching last night. No discipline announcements last night, which means nothing for Coney Ely for the hit that injured Zach Kalaris, which. Is a topic for uh, uh, maybe a post-game rant from uh, from myself. Today's game brought to you by Playnow.com. Bet on Blue. It is 6:17. We're about an hour and 50 minutes away from kickoff. Dave McIver, the host of the True North Football Podcast, will join us. Break down the Calgary Stampeders and three and six Calgary Stampeders. That just doesn't sound right. Dave will confirm or deny on the other side. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football and 680 CJOB. Club Region Casino Event Center presents winner of America's Got Talent, Terry Fader, November 19th. Tickets on sale now at casinosofwinnipeg.com and ticketmaster.ca. The Salvation Army, serving the community all year round with food security programs, emergency shelter, literacy and employment programs, and more. To get involved or make a donation, visit salvationarmy.ca. Giving hope today. Hey Manitoba, the used oil and antifreeze recycling recovery numbers are in and you should be proud. Everyone has done a great job. Remember, all it takes is one liter of used oil to pollute up to one million liters of fresh water. Mr. Oil Drop reminds you to recycle used oil and antifreeze products. Catch up with Mr. Oil Drop at the Morden Corn and Apple Festival to play his cornhole game and win some great prizes. Let's work together to keep Manitoba clean and green for today and future generations. Visit usedoilrecyclingmb.com for details. 
Healthier living starts with Vita Health Fresh Market. Vitamin K2 is essential to building strong bones. Preferred Nutrition's Vitamin K2 works by regulating the body's metabolism of calcium, helping guide it toward areas where it's needed, like your skeleton and bones, and away from areas where it could have a negative effect, like the arteries and cardiovascular system. Preferred Nutrition's Vitamin K2 is on sale now at Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives with six Winnipeg locations or at myvita.ca. Every day is a good day when you're with Girl Guides of Canada. Experience all the excitement, fun, and growth that comes with being a Girl Guide. Girl Guides provides girls and young women ages 5 to 17 the confidence and skills to lead and inspire change in their own lives as well as in their communities. Registration is now open at girlguides.ca. Begin her journey of empowerment today. Girl Guides of Canada, a better world by girls. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. Hey, Bomber fans, I'm Marissa Turton. Did you know there are less than five points separating Winnipeg and Calgary's matchups at McMahon Stadium since 2016? Nine games over the past six seasons for the Bombers in Calgary, and Winnipeg outscores the Stampeders 234 to 230. Overall, since 2021, Winnipeg has four wins in a row against the Stamps and eight victories in the last 10 meetings. The Blue Bombers are 3-1 and one on the road this year, and Calgary is 1-3 at home this season. 6.20 in the p.m. live from McMahon Stadium. We are about an hour and 45 minutes away from kickoff. And the pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center. Tackle all your at-home projects with Olympic Building Center. An early spot in the pregame show when we talk about the other guys. You got your jokers, your ball busters, your vets, and the other guys. I'm going to go Joker more than Ballbuster for Dave McIver, <laughs> the host of the True North Football Podcast. I love the po- I love doing the podcast with you, brother. It's so much. It's such a ton of fun. Appreciate you being with us in the pregame show. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be here. First time in the away booth. Look at this. First time in the visitors booth. You're missing out. You, I know. Are you jealous? Are you envious now? You guys have a little accommodations? bit. There's a little bit more space in here. I'm not going to lie to you. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, it's brand new too. Look at this equipment over that, here. That is <laughs> looking 2023-esque. <laughs> That's 1972 wood paneling yeah, yeah. on that right there. I haven't seen a dial like that in a yeah, long time. I love that's it. special. Our booth is bigger than the Hall of Famer Mark Stevens booth. I'll, I will take it. Uh, Dave, the Stampeders are three and six. They are. How on earth? I have a theory, but I, I'll start with you. How on earth are they three and six? Because we're not used to seeing this from the Stampeders. Well, there's a lot of factors. I think they're a young team. They've had injuries. No excuses, right? But it is a factor. I think lots of teams deal with it. I mean, the Bombers dealt with it last year in, in terms of you know guys missing games and man games lost. But there's a lot of different things to go into the Stampeders and, and their record right now. They haven't been great at home. They're 1-3. and three. The offensive line's been kind of a, a juggle and a mix, mix match all season. They've had it kind of the same for the last you know three outings, but it's not the offensive line of last year, and you don't have a Julian Good-Jones, and you don't have a Derek Dennis. You have a, a Josh Coker on, on the right side right now and, and Bryce Bell, and, and they're doing their best. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're working hard, and they're trying hard uh, every day, but 
they have had trouble giving Jake Mayer the time he needs in the pocket to get the ball downfield. And I think another issue is their receivers had a, had a tough time against secondaries of, of other teams and breaking free. And I, I, we talked about it on the podcast this week, the comparison to what the Winnipeg receivers can do when Zach gets out of the pocket or Drew gets out of the pocket tonight. They're able to find space and get free. And some games the Stampeders have been able to do that and other games they haven't. So you know, the defense has been good, but they've been on the field too much, really, when it when it comes down to things. They, they are good defense. But when you're on the field, you know, the, we, we can go back to that game in Winnipeg where that 10-minute drive, like there's nothing you can do and you just can't stop them. So uh, those are the, the gist of the issues so far this year for the Stamps. I have zero problem making excuses. Um, not having Malik Henry, losing him early in the season is a major blow to the Calgary offense. Losing James Vodders. Vodders was, he popped my eyes in the game against Winnipeg when he went right through Jamarcus Hardrick's chest. I went, oh, okay, yep. Welcome back from the NFL, James Vodders. And then I look at the receiving core and I go, okay, well, this is not what they had intended. And uh, two more Canadian receivers get injured, so you're forced to go with a fourth Canadian on the offensive line. I have no problem attributing a ton of it to, to injuries because you can't lose Malik Henry, who they signed up for three years and think everything's going to be – that guy, that cat is not replaceable. So I feel for Calgary Stampeder fans. Yeah, Mark and Michelle's a great football player. There's no doubt about it. But he's also been down in the States for the last three or four years. And it does take time when you come back to relearn things and get things done the way that you were doing them when you used to be in the CFL. So he's still a work in progress, getting better every week. Nice to see Tommy Lee Lewis on the right side. He's been more returning. I don't even know if he, if he caught a pass or was even targeted last week against the BC Lions. So there's certainly work to be done there and like you say when you lose a Malik Henry a guy who can stretch the field with his ability it's just you can't replace him and, and that's been a big one for them and uh, they had to go to a late change uh, Jonathan Moxie game time decision they declared yesterday he won't play so fresh off the couch <laughs> Shaq Richardson goes Shaq Richardson's good ball player yep. but fresh off the couch fresh off the couch and he hasn't been in the system for a while and it's a new defensive coordinator and you know they're going to play michael griffin the first snap of the game and then shaq richardson's probably going to come in at that halfback position and, and play the rest of the snaps so it's 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 right into the fire right into the fire for for shaq richardson this week and hey we'll see how he can do but i mean you look at this receiving core for the bombers it's it's not going to be easy for him no, they are, they'll very intentionally make it not easy with multiple 50-yard <laughs> attempts uh, at, at bombs. What's what's happening with Jake Mayer this season? Last year, his completion percentage was 74. This year, it's 63. 74 when you're throwing short, I get it. That makes perfect sense. I just don't know. They throw the ball a ton, but they're not throwing it real well. So what do you see? It's, it's a number of different things. I think, you know, he has had not a ton of time back there. And I think we might see that tonight with the two stellar ends on the bombers. You know, you don't put it all on the offensive line though, either. Right. Like it's, there's been some drops. He's had some, he's had some accuracy issues. There's no doubt about it this season. He's had some interceptions that he would love, uh, love to get back especially some pick sixes that have happened in not last game, but the previous two games before that, that really hurt them. And, and they do contribute to their record right now because it seems like he makes mistakes at just very critical times of the football game. And when you're a quarterback who does that, that's going to affect not only, you know, the way the rest of the team plays, but it's going to affect your confidence. There's no doubt about it. And it's going to affect the way that they have to game plan the rest of the game. Because you guys know this is a run-first team. They have Kadeem Carey, who has been out for most of the season, but they have Dedrick Mills. They want to run the football. And if they go down early, they have to throw the football. And 
the more they throw the football, the tougher it is with defenses being able to sit back and, and do things to the stamps that they don't want done to them. They want to dictate the game, right? So I think that's been the issues with Jake so far this season. Do you think it's uh, – so you're not sold it's been an evaluation uh, issue or a mistake uh, anointing? You're not ready to go there yet? You still think he could be the successor to very big shoes when Bo Levi Mitchell leaves your program? But I've just never seen in Calgary – it's just been bona fide quarterback, all-star quarterback after all. It's been a factory. It's it's – it used to drive me nuts. It used to annoy me. So when, whoever they threw on the field was just awesome yep. all the time, right? And we're like in Winnipeg, you know, you got to pay to get Zach Claris to come here. Uh, Drew Brown might be the first guy they've ever, you know, grown in-house yep. that, uh, that, that could do well. So you're not there yet on uh, Jake Mayer, you still think he is the successor to the Bolivar Mitchell throne? I think he I think he is. I think he's got definitely some work to do, but I, I do think that you look at that offensive line last year and it was so good. I, I would say the Bombers and the Stamps, arguably the number one and two offensive lines in the CFL last season. And when you have time to throw that football, and you get that confidence going, and you have that accuracy going, like he set the record for completions in a row for the Calgary Stampede franchise last year. But he hasn't had that time this year, and he's dealing with new weapons, it seems like, every week. They went young in the receiving core with Clark Barnes and Cole Tucker and Rice and John, all those guys who came in, rookies, essentially, when it comes to the Canadian game. So I do think Jake has the ability to be that guy. There's just a lot of things that I think have to go into it, and and, and, and Tim included. I, like I said, I don't want to put it all on the offensive line, don't want to put it all on the receivers. It has been a group effort in what has happened this year to the Stamps on offense. So what what happens from here? Like they're three and six halfway into the season. Uh, the playoffs are certainly within reach because after BC Winnipeg, the West kind of drops off. But here come the Elks after last yeah, night. Yeah. What 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 has to change? Because guys guys out for the season aren't coming back anytime soon. You can fill in with Markeith Ambles. They brought back after Toronto released him, which is a solid pickup, but what what has to happen now? I think, you know, you, you hope your offensive line continues to improve, and I will say they have been improving week to week. I, I think there's a critical five-game stretch after this Winnipeg game and then the Toronto game next week. I think it's Edmonton-Edmonton. I think you got Saskatchewan in there, Hamilton, and maybe Montreal. Don't, I don't know for sure if that's the five games, but you definitely get Edmonton twice. you got to win all five of those games. That's essentially where they're at when it comes to either – being the third place team in the West or crossing over to the East or avoiding an East team crossing over into the West division, which I can't remember the last time we saw that. So yeah, they have to win those five games. They have to keep getting better. That's what Dave Dickinson stresses every week. Like he is a guy who wants them to get better every week and peak at the right time. The thing is, if, if you peak too late and you don't have the wins to get in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But that Edmonton, Edmonton Sask, that'll be, that's critical. That's, that's the season. That's the season right there. And, you know, you want to beat Hamilton, too, on the east side because you don't want to stress out about a crossover the other way. Hamilton might be terrible. They, they might be. They, I, know. After that I game, don't disagree with you. <laughs> uh, seeing Edmonton win last night, is, it, is there any sickness coming up? Yeah, about, about 100%. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was like, oh, this is great. Okay, Trey Ford's found a way to start getting better every week. And I, I, I still wonder, and we've talked about this a thousand times, why it took so long to make that call. But, yeah, there's definitely... Because he's Canadian, and it's Chris Jones. Yeah, okay, fair enough, yeah. That Thank you sense. for saying the thing I didn't want to say. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, yeah, That's it's, awesome. there's definitely, I think, some stress. And, you know, you hope as someone who follows the team and wants them to do well, and I think fans will hope that... 
you know, this maybe lights a fire under them seeing the Elks win last night. It's It just made Labor Day and the get-back more interesting between Ca- uh, Calgary and Edmonton because the the Cornelius show wasn't going to do anything against these Stampeders, but Trey Ford and uh, Jerry's Jackson might be different. And who would have thought that after the Stamps-Toronto game where Stamps, oh, the Stamps turned the corner, they beat Toronto, and the Elks are 0-9, and it's like, oh, they'll roll through Labor Day and one one week later and everything changes. That's, that's why we love the Canadian Football League, and that's why we talk about it every week on the Football North podcast. This week, David, I tee up week number 11. Uh, you talk to the Alouettes' Austin Mack, who... Yep is keeping he is a real difference maker in a team that i thought was going to be the worst in the canadian football league so uh, that was a great conversation jock wilson talks with jeff garcia as they honor the 1998 great cup champions here tonight uh subscribe to the true north podcast leave a five-star rating leave a little note about how much you love dave's work uh, and appreciate you jumping in with us brother thanks for having me fellas dave mciver nice enough to join us thank you in the pre-game show while we're here in calgary nick taylor the former Two-time Winnipeg Blue Bomber, now a Calgary Stampeders defensive back. He tore his Achilles, of course, for the Bombers last season when he was 34 years old, made the comeback in less than a year, and he's back playing, which is a an incredible happening, an incredible testament uh, to Nick Taylor. Winston Rose played with him in Winnipeg and with Ottawa, and Rose was nice enough to share some Nick Taylor memories with us. He had a pass breakup. It was either at Saskatchewan or it was here for the Banjo Bowl. And I just remember as soon as he made the uh, made the breakup, he looked in the camera face and he, he made like a face, like a little Martin face. So that's like the only one right now that I could think of. But yeah, I mean, honestly, though, if, if you talk about talk about Nick to anybody, they'll tell you like he's he's a he's a he's a he's a good person. Like he's funny. He's definitely going to bring that uh, veteran presence, but also go, also going to bring that presence for you to be yourself. He's one of the person that lets you know, like, look, it's okay to uh, make mistakes, but, you know what I'm saying, learn from him. So, yeah, man, you know what I'm saying, nothing but respect and love for Nick, man. That's my guy. Uh, Nick Taylor playing now for the Calgary Stampeders. He showed up at practice last season in the walking boot, and he was up in the concourse where the media is. And guys on the field spotted him and shouted out, and they just had a lot of love for Nick Taylor. After the game in Winnipeg a few weeks ago when Calgary played in Winnipeg, we're doing post-game interviews in the locker room. He came into the Bombers' locker room in his Calgary gear, and the place I erupted. No, no you get, <laughs> that's what you're hoping for. But no, that shows how popular is. First of all, he got some razzing for what are you doing in here, man? The wrong locker room. But uh, then, they, then everybody embraced him. He is one of the the coolest guys in the league. And his, of course, his backstory is a guy that didn't really play. He played college basketball before uh, he started playing football is pretty amazing. He's he's a hell of an athlete. It's great to see him back out there. Yeah, pick Nick. Uh, good to see him back out there. 323 days after tearing his Achilles. Crazy. It's It was over 400 for Kyrie Wilson, so a testament to, to Nick Taylor getting back at it. Coming up, we'll have the coach's comments. We'll also do the top five plays at the midway point of the season as we continue the pregame show from Calgary. It's the Bombers and Stampeders coming up. 8 o'clock kickoff uh, for you listening Appreciate you being with us for Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. 680 CJOB is your place to turn for the information you need. And we get it all started first thing in the morning with the start. Four hours of fresh outlooks, engaging conversation, information as you need it, and plenty of fun along the way. Catch the start 6 to 10 weekday mornings on 680 CJOB. Summer drink days are on at McDonald's. Yep, that sip, sip, ah feeling. Enjoy a refreshing Coca-Cola starting at only a dollar plus tax for a small and make your summer a cool one today. At participating McDonald's restaurants, prices exclude delivery. 
You deserve a mattress that's as good for your sleep as it is for the planet. Introducing the new 14-inch Simba Hybrid Green, Sleep Country's most sustainable and luxuriously comfortable mattress. Crafted with renewable and biodegradable materials, it's 100% recyclable. Now you can sleep on a cloud of comfort, knowing your mattress supports both you and the environment. Available exclusively at Sleep Country at an introductory price. Sleep well, stay well, Sleep Country. Hi, Blake Lego here from Will See Life Ford. Tools, furniture, livestock, equipment, family and friends. If there's one thing I know about Manitobans, it's that they're always moving something. So whether you have to move something across the street or across the country, Will See Life Ford knows your cargo is priceless. We also know that if you want an SUV, truck, trailer that's priced less, Will See Life Ford's got you covered with transparent pricing and no added fees. Come visit us at willseelifeford.ca. In partnership with the Blue Bombers and Make-A-Wish Foundation, the first annual Women for Wishes fundraiser is at Northern Lights Car Wash, August 26th, from noon till 5. Come meet Bombers, Buzz and Boomer, and the Bomber Dance Squad. There'll be inflatables and a hot dog lunch, too. The Works Wash will be a special for $15, and half of each will go to Holly Jefferson's Make-A-Wish charity. Support the Women for Wishes fundraiser at Northern Lights Car Wash, August 26th, just south of Ikea on Keniston. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. Who's in, who's out, and what should we expect from the Bombers in this game? The man with the answers is the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Mike, Drew Brown is the starter for today's game. Please, folks who haven't seen a ton of Drew Brown, what, what should they know about Drew Brown? Yeah, excellent quarterback. He's, you know, if you weren't paying attention last week, he stepped in the game midway through the second quarter, early second quarter, threw for 303 TDs, and yeah, it was excellent. So he's been with us for, this is his third season. He's a football junkie. He's always uh, taking in more information, very even-keeled guy, wants to do well for his team. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. How much easier, harder, the same is the challenge from going in in relief for three-plus quarters and getting a full week of prep and starting for four quarters? Yeah, I imagine for some guys it's a little more challenging, but I think Drew, where, where Drew's at, you know, with his emotional intelligence, it's, he is such an even-keeled guy. I think uh, definitely when you realize now you're the starter, maybe you have more time to think about that, but I don't think that's going to be an issue for Drew. Zach Kalaris is on the depth chart as number three. Is there a chance he plays today? No. What do you imagine his role is then? I yeah, support. You know, like the same thing that all the other that the quarterbacks do together in every game. They, whoever's playing comes off the field and they get together. They put the iPad on. They talk about the plays. They talk about the defenses. They look at the pitchers. You know, roll the video. Get ready for the next series. So I mean, Zach's going to be. I mean, he's 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 great in that room anyway. He's a, he's a good leader and a very good mentor. So I mean, he's going to continue that leadership role. Was it close for Zach being able to play this week? Was there a chance or? Yeah, there's always a chance. There's always a chance. Never want to eliminate that. What did you take away from the first meeting with the, these Calgary Stampeders? Uh, I don't know. It's so long ago. I, I don't know that the systems necessarily change. I think the rosters. I can't remember that far back who we had on our roster. They would have lost James Vodders from yes, the, from this game. Yeah, yeah. So you guys would have got Kyrie Wilson back, a, guys they, like that. They got a pile of guys on the sixth game, and we got some guys that have come back healthy. So 
that's probably the difference. It's the, the beginning of the second half of the season. We talked about this a bit on the coaches' show, but through nine games, how do you feel about where you guys are? Yeah, ready to improve. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just got to keep getting better, and that's, that's the goal of every team in any league is just to continue to grow and um, continue to get smarter as we go along. Um, and that's, yeah, we don't, you know, split the season up into halves or thirds or anything. Labor Day, before Labor Day, after. We just talk about this is the game we're playing this week. So never really good to look in the rearview mirror at any point. Yeah. What's your impression of the job Brady Oliveira has done for you guys this season? Yeah, he's been superb. He's been superb. I mean, he's got an offensive lineman, offensive line in front of him that, that you know, can move people. And in those really tight quarters where he's got to get through, he uses his power, lowers his pad level, and drives his legs, carries guys. And uh, he's, been, he's been excellent, really has. As the head coach, Mike O'Shea, and the coach's comments as we anticipate the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Calgary Stampeders. Today's game brought to you by PlayNow.com. Bet on Manitoba. Derek Taylor, Doug Brown, Ed Tate with you live from McMahon Stadium. And Coach O'Shea says we never look back. Football rules do not apply to broadcast rules because I spend a ton of time looking back and trying to forecast the future. And I'm going to force you guys to come in with me as we discuss where do we think the Bombers are halfway through the season. They are number one in offensive points. They are number two in opponent offensive points, so the defense does not allow a ton. They're number two in passing and rushing and number two in opponent passing. They're uh, a number nine in opponent rushing, an interesting stat that we will discuss. Number two in turnover margin, and in Mike O'Shea fashion, they are tied for the fewest penalties in the Canadian Football League. So, Doug Brown, nine games into the season. We start the halfway, the second half tonight. Where do you believe the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are as they chase a great cup? I think they're exactly where we imagined they would be. I, I think there's always surprises in a year, and you know, uh, losing two games isn't alarming to me at the halfway point. It's the only thing that was surprising was how they lost those games and who they lost those games to. Um, that might have been surprising, but being seven and two, nine games in, uh, if we talked about this in the preseason, I would have been, yeah, that that makes sense. And a lot of those numbers are, are, are pretty approximate to what we would have figured. So in my mind, they're they're on track. Uh, if anything, uh, if I've learned anything so far this season, I think it's that they're a veteran ball club and uh, make sure you don't do anything. Don't poke the bear. You know, this team, uh, they've been in a lot of big games and they don't always play a lot of big games in the regular season. But when you get their attention... And when they get dialed in and when they feel like they've got a chip on their shoulder, they're a formidable team. They might be as good as we expected them to be or maybe even a little better when they're dialed in and when they're focused and when they want to accomplish something. And I think we saw that in that BC game. Ed Tate? You know, it it, almost feels like nitpicking, but I I think the defense has been shown a vulnerable uh, aspect against the run, as you mentioned, those numbers, DT, they've given up some explosive plays that uh, we didn't see during the dark side rain a couple of years ago. Um, but, I, you know, this is a, they're in a good spot. They don't have Janarian Grant right now. When he comes back, he'll provide that electricity on, on kick returns. But you can make the case, too, though, that this team right now at 7-2 and two 
And I believe the team last year at the halfway point was 9-0, and were they not? I think this team might be better than last year's team because of things. Oh, oh boy. Okay. Justify that. Okay. Sergio Castillo versus Mark Leggio. Thousand percent upgrade. Leggio Leggio only had one bad game, the BC game to that point. But yeah, Yeah. I I agree. And then the addition of Kenny Lawler to the offense gives them a whole different dimension. When we get to November and uh, whether the games are being played indoors in BC or in Winnipeg, we're talking about the West final. I don't mean to jump too far ahead. This is is an open space for that uh, kind of talk. I think he's the difference maker. I do. I think he's a guy that they can, defenses can scheme to cover, double cover him. I think he's going to, he's going to be the guy that in November, when it really matters, we're going to say he's worth every nickel we pay him. Greg, and that makes yeah. this team. Sorry, yeah. just to wrap up, that that and Castillo are two things that I think make this team better than last year. Greg Ellingson was ripping it up at the beginning of last season, but Kenny Lawler and Kenny's only played two games, mm-hmm. but over the span of 18 games, Kenny yeah. is is would be profoundly better than what it, what Greg was able to contribute last season. Do you think the offensive line is as good this year as they were last year? Uh, Do you think well, the defensive they, line is as good this year as they were last year? Uh, Do I think the coverage well, is as good as this year as it was last year? <laughs> Those are where my concerns yeah, come. I, well, uh, the offensive line is the same. So are we saying are they have they deteriorated? Well, age would, would say that. But, I mean, Brady Oliveira is having a hell of a season. He's better. Brady's yeah. better this year than he was oh, yeah. last year. Zach Claris is having a hell of a season. You know, those those guys up front have a part in that, right? And then the D-line, that's a good question, but I think Winnipeg's up there in sacks this year. Willie Jefferson's doing what Willie does. Jackson Jeffcoat missed some times. He's back. They do have... You're, I know where you're going. They have. I think they have some concerns about depth at the end position in particular. Um, the secondary, getting Winston Rose back, if, if he... So far, so good, right? In the couple weeks that he's been back, he's been really solid. And then I haven't seen the impact that I thought it would yet from Kyrie Wilson, but we'll probably see that as he gets comfortable again. He'll start making some more plays. So, yeah, you're right. There's there's still some questions, but I still think this team, I'm making the case they're better than they at this point last year. I, I would... I would agree with a caveat in that as you look at the roster, the one they'll put up there tonight... Pretty much 23 of these guys are who would they would they would have wanted in the starting 24, right? You would want Zach to be the quarterback, but Kyrie Wilson is back at linebacker. At linebacker, you had the two Houston. You may have, maybe it was Desmond Lawrence in camp, but you would want Winston Rose and Demario Houston, I believe, at corner. These are the halves you'd want. They are incredibly healthy right now yes. among their starters, which not a lot of teams can claim. And Jackson missed a couple of games in which we saw. I think I think we kind of saw a profound difference mm-hmm. in the in the defense. He's missed six games a year for the previous three years. Uh, the previous three 18 game seasons, he's missed six of them. So is there more of that on the way? And what happens when injuries come in? Celestin Haba's on the six game injured list. Taiwan Garbutt hasn't played yet. The depth at defensive end, Doug, you were talking about that right from the beginning. Of they they need something here they could use some rotation anthony bennett hasn't had a, a tremendous impact at defensive end a couple of tackles for loss but that the defense is where i'm not used to saying it but the defense is where i'm going to look in the next nine games yeah i mean uh ricky walkers uh he's been up and down i i saw his play on that opening uh opening drive and that uh that run that was at 65 yards Kevin uh, Brown, yeah, 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 yeah. ripped one off there and 
Uh, I was checking gap responsibilities on that as, as I watched that. And uh, yeah, the, the interior of their defensive line, uh, I think, is uh, not at a, a high point in terms of the, the Grey Cup years we're talking here. And then it, it'd be real nice to get uh, Theatric Hansen back in, in this rotation. Mm-hmm. I, I can't like. I'm anticipating that's got to be soon. Is He's not, not practicing yet. Still not practicing. No. Wow. But I, I've talked, I see him almost every day on the bike when I come into work, and he's, he keeps saying, I'm close, I'm close, and he's, he's, it's killing him. But that's a real good point because he was such an important rotational player when they were kicking the snot out of teams, and uh, he also does on the... On special teams. On special teams, he's a force. Like the, He's just a, someone that goes down the field and blows things up, right, in, in a good way. So... Uh, that's a real good point about getting him back. And I, I'm with you, DT, on they haven't been hammered yet by injuries. Uh, and so, you you know, you cross your fingers and knock on wood and all that stuff that that doesn't impact them in the second half because their their depth might be a question. But I really like this team. And I, I think uh, down the stretch, the second half of the season, it's a two-horse race for who's going to host the West Final. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be yeah. so much fun. That game in, in October 6th. Yep. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, to me, they're covered in injuries. Canadian offensive linemen mm-hmm. covered. I think they have guys at tackle they like, but we haven't seen a ton right. of defensive backfield. Somebody gets injured. Well, here's Jamal Parker and Alden Darby. I think we feel pretty comfortable. But uh, uh, Tiadric Hansen uh, injured September 4th of last year. It's been almost a, a full year. And as you say, not back practicing. When he's back... Okay, and then as, as a fan, I just kind of fingers crossed that mm-hmm. the Bombers don't lose their equivalent of James Vodders, who was a force for the Stampeders, or their equivalent of Malik Henry. So right. I, I will never take for granted the health that the Bombers have right now, and the fact that they're piling up wins while they have this health is certainly to their testament as well. First half is in the books. We need to review the top five plays of the first half. These were my choice. So don't yell at just for the bombers, just for the bombers. Okay. Yeah. So offensively and defensively, there's a little bit of every, there's a little bit of everything, Doug Brown. (laughs) These, these are as chosen by me, the top five plays of the first half of the bomber season. Number five, they put seven on the line. They'll rush four. mayor gunning high and picked off Demario. Houston's got it. He airmailed it. Here goes Houston 45, 50 into Calgary territory intended for Mark and Michelle. It ended up nowhere near Michelle and it's bombered ball. Jake Mayers here in the footsteps there. Houston with the outstanding interception and nice return. Number four. A woman and her husband and a couple of friends came up to our booth here, our 680 CGOB booth, said to me, what's your name? Because my husband said, no, that's Clay Young. And, and I said, no, that's Doug Brown. I got mistaken for Hall of Famer Doug Brown. That is the greatest thing Every time I look at you, Derek, I feel like I'm looking in the mirror. So (laughs) I'm now sitting here with my shirt off for further uh, clarification on our identity. Number three. Four-man rush. Pump. Kolaris wants deep. He's got McCray wide open. 35. Greg McCray. Can he beat Dozier to the end zone for the touchdown? Pumped it to the outside and hit him deep. And the Bombers are back within one. And just like that, lightning strikes. Number two. Play action. Brown wants the end zone. He's going to throw it up. For Lawler, did he one-hand that in the back? Oh, my goodness. Kenny Lawler quarter. The defender is all over him, eating up his right arm. Lawler just sticks out his left hand and makes an unbelievable catch. And the Bombers have a one-point lead. 
<laughs> Number one. Great punt. Granted the 20 around the first man. And he's going to cut back to the left. Jumps through a guy around Donkey. Stiff arms Pete Robertson. Turns off another man. Janarian Grant to the 40. The 50 into Ryder territory. Janarian Grant has got one guy to beat. Janarian Grant is going to score. Are you joking? He put in so much work on that return. That was insane. It was insane. It's come on. It's the top play in the CFL this season. Janarian Grant's return. Kenny Lawler at number two. And I think Braden uh, said it best. Uh, number four. Me being mistaken for D Doug Brown you really, is truly you, number one. You shouldn't draw attention to fans that are obviously experimenting with hallucinogenics, okay? Because <laughs> that's not the message we want to be sending to our youth that are listening to this program that it's okay to drop acid and imagine things. It's not, it's not right, okay? We don't want to promote that kind of behavior. If you come by the, the booth in the tailgate party zone at IG Field, Doug is taller, better looking, smarter, better spoken, dresses better. That's Doug. I'm the. That's uh, not true. I'm the other guy. The, that, Just the, that moment when that was on live, I'm down there with you guys in the tailgate area. You put your arms up like you had scored a winning touchdown, and Doug's head just dropped to his chest. I shrunk. Like he had been. I got shorter a good inch and a half that day. <laughs> that the weight me, of the world. Yes. Just. The snapshot of that moment. The two reactions was worth the. That's that. I never thought of that as a top five play, but oh. uh, good on you. For, it's like for we traded in. an inch. <laughs> Your posture went up and mine went down. It's like watching a balloon. Just slowly deflate right in front of your eyes, wasn't it? It was more of a popping. The balloon got popped there. You, you didn't was deflate slowly. That was uh, it was instantaneous. Yes. Amazing. Uh, I, lo I love it. I love it. An hour and 20 minutes to kick off for the Bombers and Stampeders. On the other side of the break, we'll talk a little fantasy, uh, fantasy football. And Brady Oliveira, on the occasion of his 26th birthday, drops a little wisdom on us. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. Together. Juntos. Together. We stand up to cancer. On Saturday, August 19th, join Stand Up to Cancer for all the inspiration. Together, we can stand up for our family and friends and everyone who is battling this disease. Celebrating all the progress and innovation. So just stand up with us. One night to save lives. Join the millions in the fight against cancer. Tune in Saturday, August 19th at 8, 7 central. Get set for back to school and save up to 70% off at Furniture Villa Brandsor's Home Furnishings. Get up to 30% off Palliser Furniture. Save on mattresses starting at $199 and washers starting at $679. Come see Samsung Appliances with tons of items in stock. Buy more, save more, and take five years to pay OAC. Furniture Villa is the home of the 90-day price guarantee and will beat any advertised price. The back to school sale is on at Furniture Villa Brandsor's Home Furnishings. Open seven days a week, 1070 St. James Street and FurnitureVillaBrandsor's.ca. Say goodbye to warping, swelling, and costly repairs caused by water damage. Bill Knight Flooring has the solution. Waterproof laminate flooring. With its revolutionary waterproof technology, waterproof laminate flooring can withstand heavy foot traffic, active kids, and even the claws of your furry friends. And it comes in a stunning range of designs. Waterproof laminate flooring, where style meets strength and spills are no big deal. Explore the selection at Bill Knight Flooring, still the store for your floor. 1465 St. James Street or visit BillKnight.com. Palmer Nation is always ready to listen up for some great football insight from the head coach. 
And sometimes the conversation goes off topic as well. Joey Chestnut, 62 hot dogs. How many for Coach O'Shea in a 12-minute contest? Is there chili on them or not? Generally, Pony dogs? I think, Pony that dogs? Would, I think that would slow you down. You had a Coney Island hot dogs. Dunk them in the water. and No, just... no dunking them in the water. <laughs> no. I don't know how Joey Chestnut does it. Nor do I want to watch that ever. Monday nights at 7. Mike O'Shea joins Derek Taylor in studio to take your calls and texts. The Weekly Bomber Coaches Show. All season long and only on CJOB. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. A little later in the pregame show, keys to the game brought to you by CG Open Road Outlet, power sports, campers, boats, premiums, vehicles, and more. Visit openroadoutlet.ca. Uh, it is nine degrees with some rain in the forecast here in Calgary. Uh, it was 34 and burning hot yesterday. I don't believe it. Yeah, it's miserable today. It's just oh, and it was awful. There was smoke coming in from the forest fires in BC yesterday. So if there is some rain, it will knock that down and keep things a little safer for the players. Uh, but uh, well, it's nothing. Well, the breeze is actually picking up as we look at the uh, the end zone here. So interesting to see the effects. The the temperature, the weather, the rain shouldn't affect it too bad. Shout out to the people that fly the bomber plane. So we land here in Calgary. And they, they immediately go up to Yellowknife, and they've been shuttling people oh, out of wow. Yellowknife. They're the, we're not sure the planes are here in Calgary. I think it's coming back in time to take the team home. But So wow. I guess salute those people. What company that are, is that? that uh, Canadian North. Canadian North? Yeah, okay. yeah, good. So shout out to them because uh, they've been busy the last couple of days getting up to Yellowknife and back to help people with all the forest fires up there. There's that stuff on video, seeing that and, and from Kelowna, it's like a horror movie. Yeah, it's, it's... Anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, it's just awful. That's, that's a very good shout-out. All right, uh, just want to do a little bell blast for the past since we're here in Calgary. And since I, I, I learned something I had long forgotten, in fact. Uh, the blast for the past this week, I want your guys' stories. Doug Brown, of course, you, you played in the league starting in the early 2000s. And, Ed, you've been covering the league forever. Uh, your blast from the past is defensive tackle Joe Fleming traded from the Calgary Stampeders to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I forgot who else was in that trade, so if any of you guys want to throw that in along the way, I will remind folks, but I, I was totally caught not, caught off guard. But uh, Ed Tate, go first on any Joe Fleming Blue Bomber memories you have, the two-time bomber. The, the trade, I think, was Scott Regimbald was one of them, and Wes Lysak, and there was somebody else, too. Randy Bowles went from went Winnipeg to Calgary. To Calgary. And... Kahari Jones. For Kahari Jones, I had yes. totally forgotten it was a Kari Jones trade. And and Doug will tell you that, uh, we'll get to Joe Fleming in a second, but Doug will tell you that it was kind of sad because Kahari had been so important for so long, but he was getting broken down at that point too. And if you look at, I looked at some numbers after he uh, got traded, he only threw 120 passes over the rest of his CFL career. He was... And that was in Hamilton as Hamilton well, Hamilton right? and yeah. Calgary, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that's what... The, or was it Edmonton? No, it was uh, he got traded here okay. and then he played his last I think in Hamilton. So Okay. Yeah, that was a that was a massive trade at the time. And the Bombers got a good one back in in Joe Fleming who they'd seen before. He, the first time in, uh, he came to Winnipeg, it was the Jeff Reinbold era and uh, he was one of the it was a classic case of the, a good player on a horrible team. And uh, he was uh, the the team's top defensive player in 98, led them in sacks. Uh, and just a, a guy that had a higher motor, and I know Doug would be, would be able to speak about him as a player more than I would. I just covered him, so you lived with them in the in the same locker room. 
Yeah, I mean, the first thing, as soon as you say Joe Fleming, you know, word association for me, bromance, Jim Daly. Yes, it that's was very like true. Biggest, biggest coach-player relationship, strongest very true. I've ever seen. Like, really? Uh, we're not. We're talking. You know, when I heard about Michael Shea going to Drew Willie's house once when he got released yep. or, or, or traded, and uh, I have the those two. Oh my! Like their own meetings, their own. I don't know. They, they had offices next to each other. I'm not even sure. But uh, and <laughs> honestly, Joe Fleming. Once Daly was let go from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Joe never played again. That was it for him. That was his run. And he told me, I remember, he's like, he, he actually said to me, if they get rid of Daly, I'm, I'm out of here. Wow. I didn't know he was like, I, I was like, oh, you're going to go Which somewhere is else weird. or something like that? Yeah, like he, re, he retired. I mean, uh, Daly was never a head coach. Did he coach at all anymore after that? Uh, he's been around the... He had been around the league a little bit. I think he ended up at St. of X University in, in Nova Scotia for a while. Okay. Um, but Super yeah. nice man. Yep, yep. Uh, I really liked him uh, as a person. He was outstanding. But I forgot um, about the, the, the... Yeah, that was the first, first thing that hit me as soon as I heard Joe Fleming. But, uh, you know, playing with him, super athletic guy. Uh, didn't like to play the run, really, but an outstanding... Uh, he had a jump swim move that was just... He, he just threw it at any, everybody until it just it worked. Uh, very athletic guy, great, great high motor, very explosive player. And one of the things I didn't know about him until I played with him was how uh, unselfish he was. Okay. You know, I'd be in a game with him and he'd be doing his thing. I'd be, I'd be like, Joe, I'm getting a really good uh, matchup against this guy. And then even if he was supposed to be playing over there in the three technique or whatever, like we would just switch. He'd be like, oh, yeah? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to beat this guy every time. And he would say, here you go. He'd serve mm-hmm. it up for it. Like he was... Uh, you get an all-star player, a high-level performance player. A lot of times they take care of themselves first before they look for the collective, the whole. And he was a guy that, hey, if this is working for you or, or the defense or you can help us as a group, boom. He uh, he had no problems, uh, you know, changing his his role or, or uh, his matchup to benefit the goodness of the of the defense. So I... Uh, I didn't think I was going to like him, and I really ended up liking him when I when I played with him. Fun fact, 12th round pick of the St. Louis Blues in the 1990 NHL draft. And you see him as a pro football player and go... Where did he, was it New Hampshire? Where did he play? New Hampshire, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wow. That, that's, <laughs> that's, that I, is a fun fact. Th- there were there were several things digging into Joe Fleming that I, that I was very excited about. Doug Berry came after Jim Daly, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. And I do remember the, the one funny thing was uh, someone in the media, you might know this, uh, when Doug Berry took over the team, someone said something along the lines of, do you have any idea how much money this football club has tied up on the interior defensive line of this football team? And Doug Berry was like, I'm going to have to take a hard look at that because it was it was quite a number. Now, Joe obviously didn't end up playing for Doug Berry, but he was a little taken back by uh, the level of investment that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers had had on their two interior defensive linemen. It was, I remember that. That was a little bit funny. Incredibly well-deserved money. Every penny paid off double. I'm just saying. Yeah, we might have been 6-12 and 12 with Jim Daly, but mm, that pass rush up the middle was, wow. Dynamite. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Let's talk a little uh, CFL fantasy, shall we? I don't care what the cost is. Nick Dembski. Kalos for Dembski. The five and the 
touchdown! Dylan Mitchell's gonna get one on Winston Rose. Going deep for Mitchell on Rose. Got in the 20 and he's gonna walk into the end zone. You know what I've learned about CFL fantasy football is that it makes me hate players. Kamar Jordan, I don't know anything about him, but I hate him now. Appropriate, the former Calgary Stampeder uh, in our fantasy intro. Shontel continues to be first overall of 876 entries in the CJOB Fantasy League. Javikyu somehow won the week, had Devaris Daniels as his captain. I don't know what led to that move, but Devaris put up 42 points, and then you double it for your captain. That's 84. That's probably what I got Whoa. last week. So that was a hell of a pull taking all Argos last week. Uh, I have moved up to 254th. Doug Brown moving on up as well. 159th in the CGOB Fantasy League. Just trashing me, and I don't like it. So in order to get back, I'm going heavy bombers tonight. I just feel it. I believe it. Drew Brown, Brady Oliveira, Kenny Lawler is still $12,500. That seems insane to me. And I'm going with the Winnipeg defense. I actually do have a couple of Calgary Stampeders in this one because it's hard to find running backs for cheap money. So I'll take Kadeem Carey and Mark and Michelle at only eight grand. At some point, he is going to pop out. And then Tyson Philpot of the Montreal Alouettes. I needed to fill a $6,000 hole. So Tyson Philpot in his third game back. Montreal, as he gets healthier, they're going to find a ton of ways to use him. So those will be my guys. If I had to pick just one player from this game, I would say, because uh, I don't know what they're doing with defensive scoring this week, Drew Brown is too good a value to pass up for me. Uh, he's a very low price. So Drew Brown is my fantasy pick for this one. Ed Tate, your pick to click. Mine's kind of related to your pick to click with Drew. Uh, with uh, Drew, I'm going to go with Dalton Schoen just because I, you know, they've got a chemistry that's uh, incredible. He, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think if he's thrown eight touchdown passes in his career, half of them at least are to Dalton Schoen. It's five or six. Yes. Yeah. So uh, they just have a, a connection. It's we've seen that so many times. You mentioned Kahari, Kahari and Milt, of course. So uh, I think that uh, that Schoen's going to. Find the end zone tonight at least once. All right, Dalton, showing your pick to click. Doug Brown. All I know is I'm ahead of Matza Sticks, Ed. I wanted to know that. Yeah, because he was your your favorite last year. No, I'm... uh, I just like Matza Sticks. From what I can remember, uh, I have Drew Brown as well, um, just because of the cost-benefit efficiencies there with the money. Uh, Kadeem Carey... Um, Kenny Lawler as well. We have very similar rosters. I don't have Brady, though. Um, I got 26 points from uh, uh, Hamilton's... Uh, James Butler yesterday? Yes, yes, James okay. Butler. Butler turned out to be a great pick yeah, in fantasy. It was, yeah, it was a good pick. So uh, we're, we're looking all right so far. It's going to come down to, obviously, how Drew plays tonight. All right. Uh, I just want to, if I can, pull up how many touchdowns Drew Brown. Uh, Ed Tate, say things about Drew Brown while I look for the stat about Dalton Schoen. Well, the, he, he and Schoen sit beside each other in the locker room, and they seem to be sitting beside each other on the bus and on the plane, and uh, so the connection goes pretty deep. And uh, everybody talks about Drew Brown's film study. Uh, I think there's a lot of similarities between him and Zach Caleros, and I, you know, I, I just don't think that when you get into the score zone, it's never a bad thing to be looking Dalton Schoen's way, right? So. Uh, I expect some more of that tonight. Uh, he has one, two, three, four, five, six passing touchdowns, uh, and four of them to Dalton. That can't be right. That doesn't. That feels like it's not entirely right. He has five this year. Yeah. And he had three in the one game last year. Uh, 
This would be not updated. Okay, so yeah, that would be five to Dalton showing that if we count last week as well, and uh, no reason why we wouldn't. All right, yes, you can still join the CJOB Fantasy League. Just game zone, CFL.ca. Search up CJOB, and uh, if you've got any tips, I'm 100 spots behind Doug. Come on, you got to help brother out. Come on. Fantasy advice as well as part of the Blue Bombers podcast. Greg Mackling, me. There's Skylar Peters Film Room. You can subscribe. And that feed is where you'll also get the coaches show, all of our pre- and post-game coverage, and play-by-play as well. It's the Blue Bombers podcast. We'd love to have you subscribe, rate, and give us a five-star review. Coming up from Calgary, hot takes with Cam Poitras. And the season is just not long enough for rookie Anthony Bennett. It's Princess Auto, Blue Bomber football on 680 CJOB. I'm Skylar Peters. Coming up on the film room, the Bombers stormed out to an early lead at McMahon in this 2015 Classic. But by the end of it, this is how the head coach described it. Sickening. We'll take you back through that roller coaster ride coming up on the Bombers pregame show. You can now get your local news from 680 CJOB instantly on Amazon Alexa. Just add CJOB to your flash briefings on any Alexa device and say, Alexa, play me the news. It's that easy. Sounds of the game brought to you by PlayNow.com. Two passing plays, 105 yards, and the Bombers are on the board. We'll take it however they bring it. He's got it for the touchdown. Bet on blue at PlayNow.com. Enjoy responsibly. No matter how much grease is on your hands or how much mud is on your boots, you're always welcome at Princess Auto. For the tools, equipment, and the know-how you need to make it work, the unique world of Princess Auto is here. For experts and tinkerers, inventors and artisans, farmers and builders who know what they want and make extraordinary things work. Princess Auto. Blue Bomber Football. Ideas. Tools. Without the fans, there is none of this. Wednesday. I'm so honored to be here. America's biggest super fans meet their superstar idols and compete for a once in a lifetime prize. That is correct! I'm gonna take them through my new record, song by song. You can pick a song and we can sing it together on stage. And the title of Ultimate Superfan. It is up to you, America. Superfan, all new Wednesday at 8 on Global, also available on Stack TV. You can strike gold and silver with your investments at GateWest Coin. You can always rely on getting the best prices at Winnipeg's most trusted source for gold and silver bullion, coins, and banknotes. But don't take GateWest's word for it. Shop around, compare prices, and see for yourself. Speaking of seeing, you can actually see what you're purchasing at GateWest, unlike buying online. So, to strike gold with your investments, after the rest... See GateWest. Visit gatewestcoin.com. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. A big number for this game is 7.1. Greg McRae has returned 11 punts this season, and he's averaging 7.1 yards per return. That's almost a six-yard drop-off from Janarian Grant, whose career average is 13 yards. In fact, McRae's longest return this season is 12 yards, which, as you heard, less than Grant's career average. Bomber fans are hoping to see the explosiveness he showed on the 102-yard missed field goal return against these Stampeders. 
No changes to the Bombers roster for this game. It means McRae will be back there getting a chance to return once again. And yes, hoping for a little pop from him in this one. Today's game from Calgary brought to you by PlayNow.com. Bet on blue. Time to bring in Cam Poitras for some hot takes. This is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. This is why. This is why. This is why I'm hot. I'm hot because I'm fly. You ain't because you not. This is why. This is why. This is why I'm hot. Cam Poitras is the host, uh, co-host of Jets at Noon. He does our morning sports run and he joins us every week with some hot takes. Cam, welcome, sir. Hey guys, happy to be back for uh, another edition of Hot Takes here, uh, or as Greg McElhinney likes to call them, outlandish uh, estimations or whatever it is that he likes to call them anyways. Uh, happy to be back here. Um, my first one is the key to this game for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers is going to get the running game into gear. Buck Pierce, as well as the rest of the offense, um, are not quick to quit on the rush. Even if it's slow in the first half, I mean, I, over the course of the first half of this season, it's usually been rewarded by the end of the third and into the fourth quarter. The Bombers, led by Brady Oliveira, are going to put together a game that's going to collect 175 yards on the ground. Watch out, Kadeem Carey. 175 on the ground. Uh, that is a very hot. That's a scorcher. That is absolutely scorching. They are great at finishing games with the run. As we saw, it was nine and a half minutes against Calgary. Uh, Ed, take 175 on the ground from the... Let's say that in, that comprises all the running. The Drew Browns, the Rashid Baileys, the Nick Dembskis as well. 175 on the ground today. I think they'll be under. I think it'll be close. I, when you start to add up all the other guys, like you say, DT, that are going to get touches, I still think it would be under because I think they're going to throw the ball. I don't think they have any fear and letting uh, Drew Brown let it loose uh, through the air. And uh, I think it's going to look very similar to last week, even though this defense is considerably better. So you think the pass is going to open up the run today? I just think the, pa- the, the run totals will be what they have normally been. I don't think they get to 175, though. Doug, yeah, 175 is, is way out there for me. But uh, I, I think uh, the, the running uh, aspect of this football team uh, is exponentially more important when you have a young uh, quarterback getting, you know, start number two in his career. So much, you don't, you know, Drew Brown, we'll see how he, he does it. But if they take that away from him and he's not multidimensional anymore and he doesn't have play action at his disposal anymore, that's, uh, you know, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm like, yeah, let's see if this guy can beat us uh, with his arm because we, we think he's going to make a number of mistakes and, and put the ball up for grabs if we can take away the run and, and make him uh, a pass-only guy. So I think, uh, yeah, I don't think 175 at home, Calgary Stampeders coming out. They're super motivated coming off that uh blowout loss of the BC Lions, so I say, I don't think that's going to happen tonight. You guys know me. I'm an established the run denier. I'll point out Brady Oliveira in the first half last week had four carries for 24 yards and then blew the doors off in the second half of that game. Uh, 175 is a ton, though, so I, I would take the under Cameron Poitras. What do you got for number two? Brown in Zach Clarissa's spot, is not going to throw for 300 yards. He's not even going to throw for 250 yards. With some film to break down, very dedicated, great coaching staff in Calgary, the Stampeders are going to be ready for him, uh, at least more than the Elks, which is a very obvious statement. But Brown is going to do a very serviceable job in securing a win for the Bombers. He might even toss a pair of touchdown passes. 
might get a couple of touchdowns under 250, which would track with his thought that they're going to run for 175. Doug Brown, under 250 for Drew Brown. Oh, boy. His first game is, uh, I think he comes back down to earth in this game due to preparation and the law of averages catching up to him and film study and a defense out there. Uh, in terms of appointed, I would like to see him continue on with 300 yards passing, but I think there will be regression to the norm. So I'd have to, uh, I'd have to agree with that under 250. I would say yes, but maybe not by much. I, Calgary's dealing with a lot of injuries, and it's not the team the Bombers faced back in week number five. You know what? I'm, I'm, I would go over if I was, if I was a betting man, and they said the 250, I would take the over, but not by, not 304 touchdowns again at date. I'm going over, and I just think it's uh, – I look at that Stampede secondary. That's a, an area I think Winnipeg's going to try to attack big time. Like, not that they wouldn't regardless of who's back there, but uh, I, I'm i really impressed with Drew Brown, and I know that, that Calgary's going to try to confuse him and bring him different looks, but I think he's going to get it done again. And I'm not saying 304 or whatever, but I think he will he will uh, go over 250. All right, we're split on that one. Cam, what's number three? Okay, guys, here comes number three. And I have to highlight this. It's almost unheard of that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, except for Zach Caleros being moved down the depth chart here a little bit, have had their third straight game where there have been no moves on the roster. It's incredible. And that level of consistency on all sides of the ball is going to be the biggest factor in another Blue Bomber win. I would never say no to having this many of the guys you want starting. Starting. It's by Mike, I would say it's 23 of 24 guys you want starting approaching the season will be starting tonight. I think that's an enormous, enormous factor. Ed Tate. Well, I agreed 100%. And what's going to be interesting is in the weeks ahead, we talked about the Edric Hansen earlier when he comes back. Janarian uh, Grant's going to come back. There's some other guys, too, that are going to make some decisions if this lineup stays the same. Really difficult for them in a good way. So continuity is massive it's it is so rare to go this many weeks without having a change the big one at drew brown but you know uh, i i think that is a factor tonight i agree with this one on with cam continuity rules doug brown yeah no i i i think if the blue bombers are uh, successful tonight that'll be a, a large part of it this is a roster you know short just one or two guys now but they're having some consistency now in terms of fielding the team and uh this is uh you know, this is them as close to 100% as you're going to see. Cam, bring us home with number four. Okay, final hot take. The Calgary Stampeders have had difficulty this season on the injury front. There's no doubt about that. It's been a difficult year. Do they have the ability and enough runway to outduel, say, the Riders for the final spot in the West? Perhaps. Not impossible, but it's getting more and more difficult. Now, Jake Merritt, quarterback, he's thrown a lot of yards in the air, but he's been hampered by turnovers. I don't think that's going to change tonight. Maybe next week, but not tonight. He's going to have his hand in three turnovers this evening. Three turnovers for Jake Mayer, who has eight touchdowns and 11 interceptions this season, and his yards per attempt is this far ahead of Taylor Cornelius for the lowest in the Canadian Football League. Uh... I'm going to say no on three turnovers just because they are so relentless with the short passing game to try to prevent the mistakes. And I think they're going to hammer on that. And I, although Willie forcing fumbles and Jackson forcing fumbles would factor in this. So I'm going to stick with my no, but now I have some doubts. Now I thought about forced fumbles, Ed. So just to 
clarify, it was Jake Mayer with three turnovers, right? Uh, I will say no. I think he does throw a pick, and I think there is a strip sack fumble kind of thing in there too. Uh, but I don't think three. I think that's. I think he. They're so conservative in what they do offensively. Uh, he, you know, he might force a, a throw in that he's not supposed to, and I do think he'll get some pressure, but three seems high to me. Ed's highly in favor of the strippers. Doug Brown. Um, wasn't there, there was a part there about them catching the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I fully agree with that 100% that they can... Uh, what about the Elks catching these guys? The Elks could do it now, yeah. No, I, 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 I'm I, such a believer. I've seen Calgary dominate for so long. True. I always think at any moment, I mean, they beat Toronto out of nowhere. They can beat anybody at any time, and they can turn around their season at any time. Mm-hmm. And I believe in this program hellaciously more than I do the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So I believe they can finish third. I did, uh, don't think Jake Mayer will commit more than two and a half turnovers. Two point eight. Yeah, he said three or yeah, yeah. three or more. All right. Yeah, I'll go under on that. Buy it on Jake Mayer. All right. Uh, Cam Poitras, appreciate to be with us. Cam, the co-host of Jets at Noon, joins us in every pregame show. Ted Wyman is next. We'll talk about some mid-season awards, and we'll do a little more discussion about what to expect from Drew Brown, and uh, we'll get into the future of Drew Brown as well as we continue from Calgary. 50 minutes from kickoff. Bombers and Stampeders. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680. CJOB. Picture your living room. Now picture it with nice gray plank flooring. Well, not quite that gray. Okay, there's an easier way to see how new flooring would look with End of the Roll Flooring Center's Visualizer. Upload a photo of your room and instantly see what laminate, vinyl plank, carpet, and area rugs look like live in your house. Thousands of styles just clicks away. End of the Roll Flooring Center's Let's Get Flooring. Visit endoftheroll.com. 801 Century Street and 1500 Regent Avenue West, Winnipeg. Being a sleep expert at Sleep Country, I've met a lot of couples who can agree on everything, except what they want from a mattress. Plush or firm, cooling or cozy, you don't need to choose. We can match you to a mattress and sleep essentials that have what you both need to get a great night's rest. Because at Sleep Country, we solve sleep. Find a mattress with the right mix of comfort and support, like the King's Down Queen mattress for only $7.49 until Sunday at the Mix and Match event, on now at Sleep Country. In partnership with the Blue Bombers and Make-A-Wish Foundation, the first annual Women for Wishes fundraiser is at Northern Lights Car Wash, August 26th, from noon till 5. Come meet Bombers, Buzz and Boomer, and the Bomber Dance Squad. There'll be inflatables and a hot dog lunch, too. The Works Wash will be a special for $15, and half of each will go to Holly Jefferson's Make-A-Wish charity. Support the Women for Wishes fundraiser at Northern Lights Car Wash, August 26th, just south of Ikea on Keniston. Horizon Hearing Centers. Horizon. Horizon Hearing. You already know that Horizon Hearing Centers is the talk of the town. But do you know what else Manitobans are talking about? The government of Manitoba is offering up to $2,000 in funding. There will be a limited amount of recipients. Come visit Horizon Hearing and take advantage of the grant today. Give Horizon Hearing a call at 1-877-300-7507 and visit Horizon Hearing Center's newest location, Unit 6, 6500 Roblin Boulevard. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. Hey there, Bomber fans. I'm Marissa Turton. Did you know Nick Dembski is the only receiver in the CFL this year to have one touchdown four games in a row? 
This season, Winnipeg-born Dembski has five overall, including one a game the past four weeks. The Bombers are the only team in the league this year with two catchers that have scored five touchdowns. He's tied with Dalton Schoen for the lead, along with one Toronto and one BC receiver. Number five is Drew Wolitarski with four. In 2023, Winnipeg has 20 touchdowns from their receivers, while Calgary has just eight. Thus, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are 7-2, and two, and the Calgary Stampeders are 3-6. and six. The pregame show brought to you by Olympic Building Center. Tackle all your at-home projects with Olympic Building Center. Let's welcome in Ted Wyman. Before I get started on today's sermon entitled, What Ted Did... He is Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg Sun, joins us in every pregame show. How are you, brother? I'm doing very well. I was not quite expecting it to be so frosty in Calgary today. Only about You a, have pants. It, I we, know. We well, don't have pants. Me and Derek are like, where are our pants? It's a 24-degree drop from yesterday. But, uh, you know, it, it's only about 10 degrees right now. So I, I saw that coming and, uh, and went with some jeans. Smart. Smarter man than me. Try to conserve space in the carry-on. I'm like, I won't need pants. And freezing. Absolutely. Pants in August. Who would have thought it? Only in Calgary, honestly. The worst. <laughs> the worst. All right, uh, Ted Wyman. Drew Brown is the big storyline for this game. Most impressive thing about Drew Brown so far. He's been with the team now for three years. We've seen various appearances and a couple. This this will be, what, now two starts. Most impressive thing about Drew Brown for you? Well, to me, it's just the, the way he's obviously studied and prepared and been ready to come in and do the job if necessary. And we just saw everybody talked about it for a long time, DT. We heard people talk. Guys on the team talked about how they really believed in Drew Brown. I, a lot of guys around the league who've watched him play say, that guy's got a lot of potential. I was never 100% sure. You know, you'd say... Are the Bombers in decent hands if Zach Claros gets hurt? Well, I'm, I'm not sure. But a lot of people thought he would be, and they came in and he just showed that he's really worked hard to be like, almost like Zach Claros in a lot of ways, and, and to handle the offense just like Zach Claros would have handled it. And he was absolutely brilliant last week. It was great to see. It's great for him. It's great for the Bombers to have that kind of security. And, um, you know, I, I think great for the league whenever you see a new quarterback come along and perform well. I always mini eye roll a little bit when team. Well, this the second guy is amazing because yeah. it, it how just, do you know? <laughs> it just can't. Well, how, one, how do you know? And two, it, it just can't be true for everybody, right? Cameron Dukes in Toronto might be the next bet. He looked terrible when he comes in because he's a backup quarterback. What can you expect? Drew's performance was was a real outlier. Like that was four touchdowns over 300 yards in what was it? Four about 40 minutes of action is unbelievable, and I think gives folks a lot of confidence. How many quarterbacks are ever going to be able to say, backup quarterbacks say that they came into a game with their team trailing 22 nothing, and won? <laughs> I would suspect that the CFL put out, hey, uh, in we have 5,200 quarterback games tracked, and only 24 times has a backup come in and thrown for 300 yards. And I'm going to guess that exactly zero of those were coming back from a 22-point deficit. Yeah. It's, it's the second largest in Bomber history, right? Yeah, it's really impressive, it's and, and, and it was great to see, like I said. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if there was a little bit of a step back for Drew Brown today. I mean, uh, you, you, you can't help but wonder if there will be any difference in the fact that the Calgary Stampeders have known all week that they're going to face him. The Edmonton Elks did not know that. They were expecting to face Zach Caleros. I don't think he did anything that much different from Zach Caleros, mind you, but nonetheless, they weren't expecting number six in there. Now, these guys are definitely prepared for him. Um, you know, it, 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 that was such a good game. I could almost 
it would almost be hard to be better than he was last week or even just as good. So, you know, I, th- I do think you might see a pick or something this week from him. But, I, I, again, it really seems like the Bombers are in good hands. And, I mean, until we s- or find out differently, uh, it, it looks pretty good, like uh, like he's in a, in a good situation and the team's in a good situation. Doug Drew was calm under pressure. He extended plays when he had to. He seemed to do it very smartly. Uh, he, he did things that Zach Kalaris does. But you, you were saying earlier, and if you just reiterate it, a defense that has a chance to now examine film, smart coaches and smart players are going to find the things about Drew Brown they can work on. Well, he, he has to prove now to, to Calgary and every team he's going to face going forward that, uh, you know, what are his weaknesses, what are his strengths, right? They're, they're going to compound what is what they feel his weaknesses are, and he has to fight through that and be successful on top of it. So as much as, you know, we're blown away by his performance and talking about how he, you can make a million dollars as a prospective quarterback in a week, you could also lose a million dollars the very next game over the course of four quarters. You can be like, oh, well, that was uh, – you know, that was a crumb situation like we saw in, in Ottawa or something like that, right? You can, uh, he could be the inverse of that in this game and be like, oh, well, that's why, you know, maybe you should be a third string backup. Maybe we should get someone. Like, it can all change in one game. And uh, I think it's going to be harder for him. But if he, you know, we all hope he's that guy that we saw last week. And this is the proving ground for it. Now, okay, now you want to be, if you want to be this further on in your career, there has to be a level of consistency now. Can you still do it against another team when they're preparing for you? And, and this is, uh, that's the most intriguing thing about this game. It is an ultimate proving ground for Drew Brown tonight. Because if he does it again against this team, even though they're three and six, that's a massive deal. Yeah. Who was the quarterback a long time ago? Troy Cop, I think it was. Came in, had an amazing game for the Bombers. I can't remember how long ago this was. But he came in, he was just unbelievable in his first game. And I mean, I don't even know how many more games he even played. But he wasn't as unbelievable in his second game or anywhere going forward. So you do have to, it's like Doug's saying, you do have to prove it a little bit more yeah. as your career goes on. It can't just be about one game or even three quarters of a game like it was for him. Joey Elliott used to be CFL Player of the Week one week. And then the next week he got benched. You know, it was like, it was it was on or off. It was hot or cold, right? So... Football's fickle. Yeah, there has to be a degree of consistency and some things you recognize in his performance that will carry over from week to week. One thing I thought was really interesting about his performance was the way he he handled the football in in the handoffs and the and the play action. You know, he does a really good job of hiding the football. It was pretty obvious that he does. And even the TSN cameras were fooled by him numerous times. And obviously the Elks were fooled by him as well. And you wonder if that's something that Calgary might have been looking at this week a little bit more. The Elks couldn't have been prepared for that, right? They'd, they'd never seen him before. They didn't know how he would do that. So I would imagine that they're going to be watching him a little bit differently. And that's something where maybe he loses a bit of an advantage just because he was so new last week. We'll talk a little bit more about Drew Brown and potentially making himself big, big bucks next season uh, coming up in the next segment. We're at the halfway point of the year, so uh, I need to do a little review of the season we've seen so far. And I'm just going to throw this out. I just want to talk about some of who are the award winners at the halfway point of the season. Most outstanding player in the Canadian Football League. Ted Wyman, oh, so not just the Bombers, we're talking in the CFL. Who's the Bombers nominee first, and then who's yeah. who, who wins the league award at this moment? It's, it's Zach Kolaris and Zach Kolaris for me. I mean, unless he's injured for a significant amount of time, in which case you might have to look elsewhere, but I don't see who's taking him out at this point from that 
spot which he's already occupied for the last two seasons and uh, you know I do think Chad Kelly's had an excellent season and I think last week in particular he really upped his game and and, uh, and put himself well into that mix I've heard some people talk about Vernon Adams out in BC I'm not sure I see that quite yet uh, he's managing that offense very well, however. Um, yeah, so I think it really depends on, on Zach's health. If he's back next week and only misses a couple of games or a game and, and a half or a game and a quarter, then I think he's got a great shot again of winning it. Zach Kolaris leads the league in touchdowns with 17, four more than any other player. Uh, Doug Brown, who's the Bombers nominee? Who Who's the league award favorite at this moment? Yeah, I, I think the Bomber, I mean... As long as he doesn't miss a bunch of games, I, I think it has to be Zach Claris. But you know, you know what's funny? If we keep seeing uh, Kenny Lawler play, even though he's missed a third of the season, if you keep seeing him play, play out Ooh. the way he's been playing, yeah, he could be like he's been doing some spectacular things. He's been a difference maker. He's been a game changer. He's been phenomenal. The circus catches he's been making. I mean. Wow. It's a guy that if he's healthy and he can remain consistent, you know, he could be someone to enter the conversation for the Bombers for that nomination. When it gets to voting time, if Argos are 14 and four or 15 and three, and there's the, oh, well, Zach's already won two. I feel like there could end up being some voter fatigue. But, yeah, I think Zach's been the best player in the league. And, and for all the reasons you guys say, I, at the moment, I think he's the MLB. Most outstanding defensive player in the Canadian Football League, Ted Wyman. Matthew Betts, I think. In Who DC, has gone a little cold in the last... A little time. cold, but certainly in the first six games or so, I think he was absolutely my guy for that uh, award. He's playing fantastic, obviously, would be uh, in the mix for Outstanding Canadian as well, I believe. So he's a, he's a player that... Uh, with defensive ends, sometimes that happens. You know, sometimes you just don't see the stats as much, or you don't see as it, it, it doesn't show up on paper as much of what they're doing. But he's really been great, and um, I think Willie Jefferson's been excellent for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That's my pick for the Bombers for sure, and I think Willie's always going to be in the mix for the league award um, because he is such a difference maker. The number of knockdowns that he's had this year and throughout his career is amazing. Um, he's having a very similar year to a couple of years ago when he had a, a whole bunch, I think a league record for knockdowns for a defensive uh, lineman. And of course, he also is getting quite a number of sacks this year. So yep. I, I definitely think Willie is the Bombers candidate and certainly is going to be in the mix for the league award, uh, depending on what some other guys do. But Betts is a great candidate as well. Willie's got eight sacks, number two in the league, and it's already more than he had all of last season. The league leader in past knockdowns with nine. And... Matthew Betts slows down, and you go, hmm, Willie's pretty, pretty good. Doug Brown? Yeah, for the Bombers defensive nominee, it's a no-brainer with Willie Jefferson. You know, it's interesting. If he wasn't hamstrung by his team's 3-6 and six record, uh, Michael Rose at having yeah. seven sacks on the interior exclusively of the defensive line jumps right off of the page. He's been having an unbelievable year from uh, uh, interior defensive line perspective, but defensive ends get a lot more one-on-ones, so they, uh, they get some more stats, but uh, he's a guy. I think if his team had a, a six and three record versus a three and six, would be a, a definite consideration. Yeah, and if if Betts is hot and cold and inconsistent, you know Jefferson could take that away from him. Demario Houston leads the league with six interceptions. He'd have to get past Willie Jefferson for his own team nominee before he'd be up for the league award. So that may be the thing that stands in his way. Well, if he keeps going, though, I mean, it's going to be hard to look away from him because he's been getting them almost every, well, close to every game. He's been, he missed a game, right? So it's six and eight games for him. Had four straight before the Edmonton game. Yeah. Um, 
Pick one, biggest surprise this season or biggest disappointment this season? Anywhere across the Canadian Football League, be it the Bombers, uh, be it the, the Elks are incredibly disappointing, or Montreal is a surprise being second in the East. Chad I, Kelly's performance for me would qualify as the biggest surprise because I had no idea what that cat would be about, and yeah, Toronto's 7-1. I, mean, I mean, the disappointment for sure for me as the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I, I really thought they were going to be better than this. I thought they'd get more out of uh, Bowley by Mitchell. I thought they made a huge error in having him in the game and having him get injured, but he wasn't even playing very well anyways. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I, and, I, and I saw that game last night against Edmonton, and I mean, they're just not playing good football at all right now. And you've got a guy who everybody talks about being a great coach in Orlando Steinauer, and, and I don't think he's doing a great job this year. So overall, I, I'm pretty disappointed in them. And I'm not saying Edmonton just because, hey, who wants to pile on them when they finally got their first win in forever? That organization in itself is a disappointment to the CFL in my mind, but we've talked about that forever, so Hamilton gets it this time. And, and a big surprise, I think that, that Toronto is backing up their Grey Cup with the kind of season that they're having. It's, a bit, it's not a big surprise, but it is a surprise to me because I didn't think that they were going to beat the Bombers. They did. And they've come back this year and showed, well, maybe there was a reason why we won last year. We're a pretty damn good team. Just on the Hamilton game last night, nine seconds left in the first half. They've got both their timeouts and second and three from, like, Edmonton's 13-yard line. And they kicked the field goal on second down. They could have called a timeout, tried to get a touchdown. With Legio. <laughs> and Legio ended up having just an, an awful, awful game. But I, I just, I Probably thought, heard that before. Yeah, I thought this is a coach who doesn't trust his offense or his whatever his third string quarterback, or just made a hideous mistake. But nine seconds is an eternity, and they chose not to. They chose to kick on second down, and I went, that is, that is. There's problems in Hamilton, and they are not a real good team. Surprise or disappointment in the CFL this season, Doug Brown? Bigger surprise, I would say, is that Vernon Adams only had one game where he threw six interceptions. <laughs> so I really thought the BC Lions, with the departure of Nathan Rourke, were just going to be a tire fire at, at quarterback and uh somehow he's been able to uh to tread water through uh well he's been hurt a number of games and he had that one implosion but uh, i've been surprised by the performance of Vernon adams in the first half of the season biggest disappointment i i have to think the calgary stampeders are up there in terms of biggest uh, you talk about how many seasons have they had a minimum of 10 wins uh, every year, 2008 to 22, that was an 18-game season. So this is this is almost a historic collapse that we've seen through the first half of the 2023 season, and that's why I still don't believe that necessarily are are they out of the running. If the sun rises for 15 straight days, you assume it's going to rise on day 16, right? Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. Uh, Jeff Hamilton was talking about the stamps availability yesterday, and he asked uh, Dave Dickinson, you know, have, have you always had a, have you, you know, whatever it was. It was a question about you guys consistently win. And Dave, I've never had a losing record. And he meant. And that's what he's staring coach, down right now. Play, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Better that's pick a, it up right now. Three and six, and they could be three and eight after games against the Bombers and Toronto as they have a real rough part of their schedule. You should read everything Ted Wyman writes in the Winnipeg Sun. He's with us every week in the pregame show. We'll, uh, we won't see you for Montreal next week, but uh, after that on the. Labor uh, Day. Labor Day. You bet. And just one, one more thing. Yeah. One more big disappointment. You didn't ask me about who, who's the most outstanding Canadian because for me, it's between Brady Oliveira and Nick Dembski, and that's for the team and the league. They're but, both playing. 
playing so well this year. Maybe bets, maybe bets. Bets, bets will factor very strongly. Those two that. guys oh, are neck and neck with this team right now, and that's a pretty interesting race to that's watch. That's a tough nomination for this football yeah. team is, is who gets most of the Canadian for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You're yeah. very, very right. Nick Dembski or Brady Oliveira, both very deserving. Who's got the lead, would you say? <laughs> I... I would say Brady's the leading rusher in the league, so I think okay. Brady would get the votes. And I think, I mean, as far as narratives for the for the voters go, it would probably be Brady if if we were picking. So it's that's hard though. So that's uh, I know you're that's a good, good one. You're a good football team when you have several Canadians that could win that award on your roster. Absolutely, that, that lends to the fact that you're you have an outstanding uh, football squad. We'll see who stays healthy in the final nine games. That'll be the important part. We'll do the injury report uh, for Dr. J's new men's sexual health clinic. Need to perform better in the bedroom? See the top-rated doctor on Google. Visit Dr. J at BuenaFeClinic.com. No changes to the injured list. Jamal Parker goes on back on the one game, not injury-related. Jared Beeksma just had some surgery. He remains on sixth game with Malik Clements, Janarian Grant, still waiting for his return to put some juice back into the return game. Celestin Haba, Tiadric Hansen not yet practicing. Desmond Lawrence and Mike Miller all on the six-game injured list as the Bombers are very, very healthy. The injury report for Dr. J's new men's sexual health clinic. Need to perform better in the bedroom? See the top-rated doctor on Google. Visit Dr. J at BuenaFeClinic.com. Coming up, Doug Brown's keys to the game when we return to Calgary. Kickoff just over a half hour away. The Bombers and Stamps on Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. News and information is more important now than ever. CJOB is working for you. Getting the answers your family needs and bringing you into the conversation. 680 CJOB, Winnipeg's News, today's talk. Sounds of the game, brought to you by PlayNow.com. He took a brutal shot from the safety and held on. Instant field position. 25, 15, 10, Dalton Stone is going to score. Bet on blue at PlayNow.com. Enjoy responsibly. Seem like your friends were always camping? Think you're missing out on all the fun? Well, you probably are. Adam Big Hill here for my friends at CG Open Road Outlet. Make this the year you commit to camping. Shop 300 campers in stock or hit the trail on ATVs by CF Moto and Argo. When you go to CG Open Road Outlet, you know you'll always get low rates and no payment for 90 days. Stop missing out on all the fun. Visit CG Open Road Outlet in Winnipeg, Steinbach, or openroadoutlet.ca. Hey, you found the missing part. Yes, ma'am. Where was it? At Princess Auto in the trailer aisle, between the hubs and axles. Glad you finally found it. Yeah, should have gone there first. So, now you can make it work? Yeah, gonna put it together now, so we can go in about an hour. For the tools, equipment, and the know-how you need to make it work, Princess Auto is here for you. Princess Auto. Blue Bomber Football. Ideas. Tools. At Sleep Country, we know that it takes Z's for your child to get A's and B's in school. If music class sounds like this, a little more of this can turn into this. When your child sleeps deeper, they dream bigger. Add sleep essentials like a mattress, sheets, and pillows to your back-to-school list and help your child get the sleep they need to succeed this school year. Find them all at Sleep Country. fans we are 30 minutes away from kickoff on the radio home of the bombers 680 cjob winnipeg blue bomber football on 680 cjob the pregame show is brought to you by olympic building center where you build with confidence 
Second half of the Bombers season gets underway tonight in Calgary. 7-2 Winnipeg Blue Bombers take on the struggling Calgary Stampeders 3-6 and and facing the prospect of their first losing season in forever. The Bombers with Drew Brown at quarterback. Zach Kalaris is here. We saw him on the field during uh, this warm-up period, but he is not dressed. And as Mike O'Shea says, there is no chance Zach Kalaris plays tonight. So it's Drew Brown and Dakota Prukop for this one against the Stampeders. Uh, Derek Taylor, Doug Brown with you live from the booth in Calgary. And we need to take a couple minutes to talk about Drew Brown because last week, 300 yards passing, four touchdowns in relief came in the second quarter of that game and helped the Bombers come back from 22 points down. Based on that performance and the lack of quality quarterbacks currently in the Canadian Football League, there's going to be talk about Drew Brown. He's a free agent after this season. So how is he handling that talk? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's kind of, you play this position, it kind of comes with it. Um, you know, depending on the type of person you are, you either like it or you don't. Um, but as far as the future and, and all those things, I just haven't really paid attention to it because I don't really, I'm not really concerned about it right now. Um, you know, it's my job to, to go out there and, and execute our plan um, and make plays and, and do whatever it takes to win. So that's kind of where my mind's at. So Drew Brown is not thinking about it. Uh, I would wager... You should have checked his pulse. When you're asking me those guys, I'm not sure he was actually, he might have been sleep talking to you because it didn't sound like he was awake when, yeah. 47, I think, was his resting pulse rate at that okay. moment. Okay. Uh, I guarantee you uh, Drew Brown's agent is thinking about his performance last week because we are not overwhelmed with great quarterbacks this year in the Canadian Football League. And if if Brown puts up a performance, why wouldn't some team in the offseason go, here's two years at pick a number between 350 and 450 and drew brown could could be changing his financial future but it's on the line right now because it's such a small sample size it's on the line every week every opportunity he gets to play quarterback and start in place of zach claris it might only be a two-week sample this might be it for him in terms of his resume for next year so guess what he better ball out you better sell out you better understand that payday is potentially uh, lurking but it can't be an inconsistency he can't look, you know, you should be able to recognize them from last week and this week as well. If you can't, that's all out the window. Yeah, it's it's not going to be tough of his mind, right? I fully believe he's focused on the game, but Nick Arbuckle had a couple of great games for Calgary in 2019 and made himself a millionaire. And how good has Nick Arbuckle been since then? Not very, as he's get shuffled around from team to team. If you, if you pop at quarterback... Quarterback's a rare commodity in this league, so uh, it would be uh, whatever happens with with Drew. He's uh, he's done very well for himself uh, in the last couple of weeks because he got some time late in that BC game as well. So we certainly hope the best for uh, Drew Brown and for Zach Kalaris returning to the lineup. He did not practice this week, but he was moving around at practice, which makes you think. His neck injury is not so bad. The Bombers is choosing to uh, let him sit this one out tonight. Let's do Doug's keys to the game. Brought to you by CG Open Road Outlet. Power sports, campers, boats, premium used vehicles, and more. Visit openroadoutlet.ca. Doug Brown. 
Well, the basics, when you have a, a new quarterback, you got to have that balanced attack from your offense. It takes the pressure off of a, a new quarterback, takes uh, you know the weight off of his shoulders in terms of how responsible he has to be. You know, it's nice to give him a play or two every series where someone else, you know, he doesn't have to throw it. He can just hand it off and the offense continue to roll. So balance attack, uh, limit the bad decisions. Obviously that is what Calgary is going to be looking to do. Uh, pressure him into panicking and uh, making bad decisions with the football. And then more so than anything, uh, a key to the game tonight. This is always a key, but it gets more emphasized when you have a rookie quarterback out there. You have to win the turnover battle. Uh, the takeaway battle is paramount when you have inexperience at the at the quarterbacking position because he doesn't have that depth of experience in this league uh, to overcome a disadvantage uh, in, in the giveaway-takeaway scenario. Strip sacks for everybody is what I'm hearing right there. You get a strip sack, Jake Thomas. You get one, Ricky Walker. Everybody forcing turnovers would be great. The Bombers are number two in the league in turnover differential, having forced already 26 this season. Those are Doug's keys to the game for CG Open Road Outlet, Power Sports, Campers, Boats, Premium Use Vehicles, and more. Visit openroadoutlet.ca. We are about 22 minutes away from kickoff. Skylar Peters in the film room. Next, it's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680. CJOB. The path to the PGA Tour starts here as tomorrow's stars tee up in PGA Tour Canada's race for the Fortinet Cup. August 24th through the 27th, the Centreport Canada Rail Park Manitoba Open hits the greens at Southwood Golf and Country Club with some of the best up-and-coming golfers pursuing their PGA Tour dream. Tickets are just $10 per day or $25 for all four days. The Centreport Canada Rail Park Manitoba Open, presented by the Free Press in support of the True North Youth Foundation. For more info and tickets, visit manitobaopen.com today. You haven't heard this in years. Chad's Chrysler in Gimli is overstocked. For the first time in years, there's too much inventory on the lot. So to celebrate Chad's 87th anniversary, they are blowing out vehicles starting at $87 over cost. Choose a vehicle that qualifies. They'll show you the invoice, add $87, and then give you all the available offers on top of that. Plus, you get to shop the best selection. Helping Manitoba families for 87 years, visit Chad's Chrysler in Gimli. Welcome to Total Flooring's second year sale. You may never see flooring prices like this again. Up to 50 to 70% off during Total Flooring's amazing three-day sale. With over $3 million worth of stock on the Total Flooring floor, they're Winnipeg's largest cash and carry, which means no ordering needed. Plus, spin to win with every purchase. But hurry, Total Flooring's three-day sale ends Saturday. Winnipeg's biggest selection, celebrating two years at this intersection. 702 Broadway at Sherbrooke. At Sleep Country, we know that sleep is an important part of getting kids mentally ready for the classroom. And good mental health contributes to achieving their goals and dreams. This month, we're proud to partner with the Canadian Mental Health Association to donate $100,000 to their campus peer support program to help our youth as they head back to school. Because when our kids are mentally strong, they can dream bigger. Sleep well, stay well. Sleep Country. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. About 20 minutes to kick off here in Calgary, the Bombers and Stampeders, and that, uh, that moment where the sun is setting and it just casts a beautiful, warm, yellow light has descended on us in Calgary. 
the weather is still not amazing. The wind blowing from our left to right a little bit. We'll find out in the coin toss how big a deal it is for both these teams. But a not balmy nine degrees. And Doug, here in the booth, it's about 15. And I'm regretting a lot of my life choices at this moment. Wear, yeah, wear the, pants. And they were... Uh, struggling with attendance figures here at McMahon Stadium and this is just going to be it's going to be ugly in terms of uh, the participation the, the people coming out for this game especially with the weather they had yesterday it's just not inviting whatsoever for for August for I mean you, you got a, a prime performer in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers it should be a big draw here but I just you're looking at the the number of empty seats and it's overwhelming right now granted you know the game is far away but it is, uh, there's no way this is going to fill up. It's going to be catastrophic attendance figure tonight. Which is uh, unfortunate for these Calgary Stampeders. Now, lots of you might say the regular season in the CFL only begins after Labor Day, and many campaigns have proven that true over and over again, but there are also plenty of early season matchups that can set the tone for the months ahead. And when it comes to these two teams, the Bombers and Stampeders, well, they had one of those early in 2015. Skylar Peters explores that up-and-down affair in this week's episode of The Film Room. I'm Skylar Peters. Welcome into The Film Room. Last time we revisited a battle between the Bombers and Stamps, it was the 2019 West Semifinal. Perhaps the moment when the torch was passed for the best team in the CFL's West Division. But now we're turning the clock back further to 2015, the Stamps coming off a Grey Cup championship the year before, and the big game was, of course, going to be held in Winnipeg this year. The Bombers had put together a 2 and one start to the season already and entered McMahon Stadium for their toughest test of the year to this point. And early on, they seemed up to the, the challenge. In the pocket, going long. Always got Denmark wide open. Calgary 25-20, 15-10-5. Blue Bomber, touchdown, a bomb. Drew Willey to Clarence. Center Dom Picard. And Brom will keep it off the right side, and he's in for the touchdown. Touchdowns by Clarence Denmark and a short yardage one from QB Brian Brom got the roadside up 16-0, and that was accompanied by three straight two-and-outs from the Stamps. The second score was set up by a 30-yard run from the other prominent back, Paris Cotton. Two big plays early, not what Drew Willey counted on, but he took advantage of those opportunities. Obviously, when you get two big explosions like that, um, you know, you'll, it's nice in the CFL. There's such a they give you a lot of the underneath stuff and, um, you know, Cal the Calgary's always, you know, they've been like that since I've been up here. They're very, you know, well-run defense. They're going to make you drive the length of the field. So when you can get some explosions, uh, it's definitely going to help. However, the Bombers would give some momentum back on that third straight punt from Calgary when it was fumbled by Troy Stoudermeyer, giving the Stamps excellent field position. Mitchell into the end zone. Touchdown. That's... Eric Rogers, who was all alone in the slot. Rennie Paradis and Liram Hirolahu would trade missed field goals from 26 and 45 yards, respectively. And then came the first of two backbreakers for the Bombers on this night. Here's the ball. It's going to be blocked. The punt by Hirolahu who's blocked. The Stampeders are going to get a touchdown out of this. No one between Adam Tebow and the painted grass as he scooped up that block from Adam Berger, and all of a sudden this game was tied 16 at halftime. A tough pill for players like DB Chris Randall to swallow at half, especially considering the Bombers outgained the Stamps massively. We had them where we wanted them. We came out on fire, and... We gave them life again. But they don't play the second half for nothing, and there were plenty of stars on both sides who were fairly quiet in the opening half. One of them on the Bombers' defensive side of the ball, DeMond Washington, showed up, creating a turnover early in the third quarter. 
But on the very next play, Cotton gave it right back with a fumble. Then it was time for John Cornish to get chugging, helping Calgary get in the red zone. And then both teams landed a couple of haymakers. Drew Tate in at quarterback. Quarterback sneak. He leaps over the top, and he's in for the touchdown. And he hits Darvin Adams up at the 50. Adams to center field, the 50 of Calgary. He's gone. The 30, the 25, the 20. 15-10-5, touchdown Blue Bombers. The Blue and Gold would later take the lead on a 49-yard field goal, but it was answered by Calgary. And with a one-point deficit, Winnipeg was making headway down the field before a crushing time count penalty led them to a loss of down. And the ensuing 52-yarder from Hiralahu was no good. So the Stamps would walk away with a pivotal early season victory, 26-25. A 16-point lead turned into a one-point loss. Mike O'Shea wasn't searching for words when he was asked about it post-game. Mike O'Shea standing by, ready to join us on the post-game show. Uh, how do we describe this one, uh, Coach O'Shea? Sickening. Yeah, okay. That's easy. And that one-point differential stung even more for the Bombers kicker, who missed a convert on one of their early game touchdowns, part of an early season issue. It has to be a mental because I know that distance is not that far, and I should be able to make those all the time. And uh, you don't, it's just something we need to get used to, I need to get used to. But in the moments following such an excruciating loss, you could hear the accountability in the room, especially when it came to that late-game snafu. I mean, I thought I had enough time to get it off. Uh, they were coming with a cover zero blitz. I was making sure we had the right routes, and uh, just I just didn't get it off. Yeah, I should have been on top of that. I should have called the timeout. Were you watching the 22nd clock? And obviously, you felt the ball was going to be snapped in time. Regardless, I gotta, I gotta make sure when it hits one, I gotta call timeout. This game would send these two teams in opposite directions for really the rest of the regular season. The Bombers would only win three more games before the end of the year, finishing up five and 13. While Calgary would tie Edmonton at the top of the table in the regular season before being ousted by their provincial rivals in the West Final tonight. We find two teams already trending in different directions. But as last week's scare in Edmonton taught us, there's never a week in the Canadian Football League where you can take your opponent lightly, and especially not in the province of Alberta. Skylar Peters with another great edition of the Film Room. If you've got a favorite play, email Skylar at cgob.com. You may hear it on a future Bombers broadcast. Skylar, S-K-Y-L-A-R at cjob. Com. We are still about 13 minutes away from kickoff here in Calgary. And I wanted to touch on this earlier, so we got some time to, to put it in here now. Brady Oliveira, the leading rusher in the Canadian Football League, and it doesn't look like there's any reason that's going to change in the second half of the season. He has been absolutely dynamite uh, for this Bombers team, his receiving as well. Some fumbles he would like to have back, but uh, tremendous job in the run game this season. 26 years old, he turned on Tuesday, and I always think it's neat to ask guys what they learned about life in the past year. Brady is a young man with some particular insight. Oh, I would say life in general, just uh, enjoy the little things. I think uh, the biggest things was when I was traveling in the off season, I do lots of traveling and uh, just the little moments, you know, meeting people, um, talking to, to someone that you might not speak to, um, really just being open minded. I think when I was tra when you're traveling, that really helps you to live in the moment and you're in beautiful places of the world and, and you, you meet so many amazing, amazing people with unique stories and. And, uh, yeah, I think that was the biggest thing, just uh, living in the moment. And uh, life is sweet that way. Yeah, life is sweet that way. I was in Bali, and we had a driver for our entire trip. So we were there for two months. His name was Addy. 
I still talk, I talked to him this morning. We, we text through WhatsApp. Uh, he's became like family to me. Uh, the people in Bali are some of the mo most kindest, sweetest, calming people I've ever met while traveling. Uh, super safe. They're, they're just amazing. They believe in karma out there, so they'll never do you wrong. Uh, they want you know good things to happen, so they treat you with, with love and respect. So Addy was our driver out there, and oh my God, did anything for us, whatever we needed, would wait wait hours for us we're on a rescue he would take us just amazing so uh we're going back to bali to go see people like that that we've met we, we met lots of people there friends uh that we consider family now uh, me and my girlfriend so uh, yeah we're gonna go down there see addy and a couple more other people for a couple weeks before we take off to thailand he's going back to bali to meet meet up with his driver from the last time he was in bali uh doug brown you and i are of a certain age i as brady tells these stories i go you're traveling when you're young. Bless you, because I wish I'd done more of that when I was his age. So when I was 26, that was my first year with uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and uh, I, I remember being taken to the Tijuana Yacht Club <laughs> the first day I got into town and being asked to judge a bikini contest. So exactly the same as going to Bali, Indonesia, and uh, rescuing animals and developing relationships. It's uh, same. 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 Come join Bomber star Doug Brown at the TYC. Oh, man. Yeah, just exactly the same. Uh, First day. I didn't even get warned. I didn't even know what it was. I'm like, where am I going? In this hotel. Oh, okay. Uh, everybody, if you are if you are of age, you, you know exactly what Doug experienced that night at the Tijuana Yacht Club. Brady Elvar, 703 yards rushing, three touchdowns, 5.6 yards per carry, the leading rusher in the Canadian Football League. Charging out onto the field as we are set to begin this one. The Bombers in Stampeders with kickoff just at the top of the clock. We will break for the news, and then we're back to Calgary. Bombers in Stamps and Princess Auto. Blue Bomber football on 680 CJOB. You've been listening to the pregame show brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence on 680 CJOB.